Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the HR Chat Show. My name is Tim Baker, and once again, I'll be your guest host for today. I'm really excited to introduce our guest for today, Stefan Kallenberg. Stefan is one of the few emerging leaders in diversity and inclusion technology in North America. As the co-founder and CMO of Crescendo, he works with DNI professionals to help them foster more inclusive and empathetic workplaces. He previously worked with early stage startups as a marketer, but after seeing the negative impact of the bro culture in tech, left his past role to co-found Crescendo. Stefan, welcome to the HR Chat Show. Thanks, Tim, to be on. Stefan, our listeners would love to get to know you a little bit better. So why don't you start off by telling us a little bit more about your professional background and how you came to be where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So as kind of kind of heard in the, the bio there, I started off my career working in startups as, as an early stage marketer. Um, I was enjoying it, loving the work, but I had one one workplace that was just like really toxic. There was, you know, kind of like like racist and sexist jokes were the norm. Um, there's a lot of really negative and, and not great employee experiences involved with that. And so I saw it had a huge impact on me, uh, even though it wasn't directed necessarily right at me, it, it could still, it impacted the whole culture. Um, and myself and many other, many other employees ended up leaving. After that, I kind of, I was a bit lost and I was like, I want to f- fix this. I, it shouldn't happen to people that shouldn't be like this uh, in workplaces. And so that kind of motivated me to be where, where we are now. Fantastic. So you're the co-founder and CMO of Crescendo. Tell us a little bit more about the company's history and vision. Yeah. So after I left uh, the last place I was at, I was kind of looking around doing a bit of freelancing and then I uh, actually got into a founder development program called Next Canada. And then my my co-founders and I met there. Uh, so this was about a year and a half ago. And we kind of, we'd all had similar experiences with uh, toxic or negative cultures. And so uh, we we decided to kind of work together to solve this challenge, um, and so actually, kind of a fun fact: we uh, we lived together for the first eight months of the company. Um, so really, really got to know each other. Really got down and did a lot of research uh, on the problem, talking to people in HR, diversity inclusion professionals, employees, just like trying to really get a solid understanding of what specifically was the problem here and uh, why were current solutions not working, and then. Kind of throughout that, we we actually started to we found a few trends in all these different answers, and so we set out on our mission, which is now to uh, create a more empathetic world, one person in one story at a time. And this is this mission is really it's our reason for existing, because um, what we found was that there's just there's a lot of people who who want to do good. They're just they don't know how they don't know the right words, um, and the way that we think about diversity inclusion a lot today is that people can be they, they don't want to in, interact because they don't want to be wrong. They don't want to look bad. They don't want to get called out. Um, and so they just avoid the discussion as a whole. And we don't think that's the right approach. That's not, you're not going to learn. That's not going to help anyone or, or, or help bring people together. Um, so we really want to help, help contribute to, to the world and, and bringing people together, helping them have healthy discussions and, and helping develop that empathy over time. So that's kind of how we got to, to, to Crescendo and, and getting that started. That's great. Thanks for that story for share and sharing that with us. So next, define for everyone what, it, everyone what it means to have a diverse and inclusive workplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I think before jumping in and giving you like a clear cut definition, I think something that 
uh, that we should all consider. And the, I see a lot of, especially in all the conversations I have, is just so many different words that people use. There's diversity, there's inclusion, belonging, equity, balance, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so my view on a lot of these is that they've been they've been created to help describe work um, and, and the work that we're doing around diversity inclusion. But at the core of it, it's really just creating a fair and just workplace. Like that's really what we want to get down to. It's, and it's really important to understand uh, that it's not just supporting underrepresented groups. Uh, it's creating a workplace where no matter what your identity, you feel welcome. Uh, you have the opportunity to advance and you feel supported by your peers. So yes, oftentimes this work can lend towards folks from underrepresented backgrounds because they've had those injustices. They haven't been able to move up, but it also means that you're not excluding others. So uh, for example, uh, oftentimes white men get de demonized in the workplace at times, and there's definitely a just reason for that. But then at the same time, if you cut out like a big portion of the workplace, you're not going to see progress when it comes to creating something fair and just because those people will still be there. They still exist, but now they're just not going to be bought into the change that you want to see. Um, and so I think it's really important to go beyond just, uh, yes, you have to support underrepresented groups, but you also have to engage all members of a workplace to come together and work towards creating this inclusive space. So when starting new initiatives, one of the first tasks we have as HR professionals is to state the business case or value. Talk to us a little bit about the business value of creating a diverse and inclusive workplace and culture. Um, when you look at a high level, it's really, there's a lot of good research done by McKinsey and Co. So uh, one one quote from their report is that companies in the top quartile of racial and ethnic diversity are 35% more likely to have financial returns above the respective national industry medians. And so what we're looking at there is just like in general, these companies are performing better um, than, than those who are not racially and ethnically diverse. And so I think that's a really good high level stat. But when you look at a bit kind of more tangible in the day to day, uh, especially within tech companies, a lot of the folks that I'm talking to there, it's really when you look at their product teams, it is so crucial uh, for them to to have diverse product teams, especially when they're when they're global companies. And so one one example with Facebook, when they tried to expand into India, uh, at first they actually had really terrible engagement on their wall feature uh, with women because of the cultural norms. Because when you when you think about the wall feature, it's all very public, sharing uh, your personal experiences, and just the culture there didn't encourage that type of sharing, and it was meant to be kept very private. Um, but this actually prompted them to build out the one-to-one the -one messenger app uh, because so that people could communicate on a kind of a direct basis and not just publicly. And now you look, that's that's got over like 1.3 billion users. Um, so this kind of just one, like this cultural insight at the start really helps them build out an entire new product line um, that's been extremely successful. And then on the, the other side of things, kind of a bit more maybe a bit more of a negative story was when Snapchat has created some really kind of questionable filters. So there's one example of Yellowface where there is, is just a really bad feed, like really bad feature. If you go and look up, uh, type that into to Google, you'll see all the news about it, but it was really, it was just a lot of, it was cultural appropriation. Um, and it was just really negative and kind of a big miss uh, where if they'd had someone on the team who might've maybe questioned that or given a second thought uh, to publishing that feature, it would have been, uh, could have been prevented. Um, and then on the other side, when you look at just in terms of employee retention and engagement, people want to feel included uh, at work and feel like they can be themselves or they'll leave. Uh, the talent market is extremely competitive. And so uh, other companies are doing stuff to make that inclusive space. And so people people will take those opportunities. 
And that's really where we focus at Crescendo um, is moving the needle on some of these key team health metrics. When you look at feelings of inclusion and belonging, uh, creating a psychologically safe workspace where people feel comfortable to share their their experiences, their ideas, uh, and they won't be dismissed or retaliated against. And then uh, that last piece in there, which is so crucial, is around managers because they have such a, an overarching impact on someone's experience at a company is how can you help managers create inclusive teams, have these constructive discussions because the topics are coming up. It's in the news everywhere. So how are they going to talk about it with their team um, and make sure that their employees feel supported? Okay, in your experience, what are some of the common obstacles that organizations face when working towards a diverse and inclusive environment and culture? Some of the the really key challenges that I've seen is one, uh, getting executive buy-in. It's not easy. Oftentimes, it's seen as a cost center, and and also because of that, it leads to the kind of the second challenge I see a lot, which is very small budgets. Uh, you have to get very crafty. You have to kind of figure out ways to pull budgets from different space. So something I've uh, talked to a lot of head of DNIs about is that. When they when they look at their their budget, they really try to to massage like go over to recruiting. It's like okay, well if we're doing this event that's kind of related to DNI but is also related to recruiting, well we're not going to touch the DNI budget. We're going to go over try and pull in from that recruiting budget. Or if there's a marketing piece or a branding play, they'll they'll go over to the marketing department trying to get some budget there. But I think it all comes back to you have to be very crafty. Um, and and when you when you think about it, the the third challenge that I'll bring up is that there's not a lot of formal power. So sometimes they, the head of DNI can directly report to the CEO and they'll sit on kind of in those executive board meetings, but other times it, they'll report to either the head of HR or the head of legal. Um, and so there's a, sometimes a challenge where they don't have a lot of formal power in the organization. So you have to be very good uh, with your social skills, motivating people, uh, bringing people along for the journey where they might not always be super excited about it, but you'll have to do a lot of convincing. So these are some of the key challenges I see when, when people try to go and create a, a DNI program in their company. Yeah, for sure. So those things aside, say if you in an organization that you know you've, you've now got the executive buy-in, you've got the budget for it, I would imagine that many small to mid-sized organizations, when they see the value in a DNI initiative, have trouble finding the starting point. So share with us your thoughts on on starting points. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's extremely important to start with kind of a baseline of like, where are we at? Uh, where are the challenges that we're experiencing? Because there's a lot of different areas within DNI. Um, you've got like recruiting, mentorship, education, um, it, all across the board. And there's more like inclusive marketing, product design. Uh, it gets into all of that. But where you want to really start out with is just kind of a survey, get an idea. Um, there's a, a free one, SurveyMonkey put together. There, it's a, it's really good. Uh, helps you kind of get a baseline around your both your both your demographic metrics, but also feel that the things I mentioned before, feelings of inclusion and belonging, etc. Um, and so, and you can even do employee focus groups. Uh, just to get some of that qualitative insight as well is always helpful. Uh, one thing that I'll mention with this is that sometimes it's really helpful to bring in an external party to help with this because if there are some challenges that often employees don't really want to openly share that with, like full transparency to HR. Um, they might want it to be anonymous or to be kind of ingested by a third party and then results presented to the company. So that's one thing I'll mention there. Um, but you can do this internally with with the survey on, from SurveyMonkey there. Um, but then another thing, once you've done this, uh, you want to help you really prioritize your initiatives. So whether it's hiring, internal culture, promotion, mentorship, product design, marketing, customer service, et cetera, uh, you want to make sure that it aligns with the results you see in there and you start looking around solutions. So we actually 
on our website. We've done a, a huge amount of research into this. We touch on all these different areas and how you can start to improve. So if you go to uh, crescendowork.com and click on DNI guide in the top right corner, you'll actually see if it's 20, 20 different articles, resources, templates uh, to help you get your program started. And it touches on all the points I've mentioned above. Great. Thanks so much for sharing your insights and experience on, on those parts. So that brings us to talking specifically about Crescendo's platform. Tell us what, what does it do? How does it support an organization's uh, leadership in its DNI initiatives? Absolutely. So when you look at the high level, kind of what I talked about before, we're helping you create a more empathetic workforce. Uh, and cr helping move the needle on some of those team health metrics. But when you did dig into it a bit more, it's actually, it's helping employees take more inclusive actions at work. Uh, our, to do this, our platform integrates with your workplace communication tool for like Slack, for example, uh, and delivers employees content on a weekly basis, personalized to their level of DNI awareness. So it kind of, it meets them where they're at in their DNI learning journey. Um, and then the content is all real people sharing their experiences. Uh, so it's not like hypothetical situations or just definitions, terminology. It's really focused on helping people empathize and understand the real experiences of others. Uh, and then after that article or video, uh, they're paired with an actionable tip. So it's how can I take action? I'm motivated. I'm interested. You got me intrigued with this video or a piece of content, but now I want to do something. I want to apply it to my everyday life. And so that's where the actionable tip comes in. And then after the call it the crescendo moment is delivered. Uh, employees have the option to give feedback. They can journal on the what they saw in the video article uh, and do that reflection, or they can join a conversation with their colleagues. And so all of these things lead to being more engaged and more actively learning about diversity inclusion and, and really geared towards that action piece of helping them take more inclusive actions. Uh, and then on the back end, the great thing about this, since it's integrated in Slack and it's all digital, is you get the insight into the progress that employees are making, the topics they're most interested in, um, and really seeing them take steps and, and, and see the different actions they're taking along the way through, through those data pieces and watching those trends over time. So um, all of this can be kind of segmented by team or department. Uh, it, doesn't, it does not go down to the individual employee level just for kind of like privacy purposes. You don't want to uh, to, to look at very specific employees, but doing that segmentation can help you compare it to those team health metrics. And now for the first time, uh, give you some real like behavior and action data of what employees are doing uh, and see how that impacts the, the team health within their team. Amazing. Thank you. So tell us a little bit what, what has been the impact um, for your clients so far, if you give us some examples or... Yeah, so uh, we've got clients across across the U.S. and Canada. I've seen some really great results. So, like a couple kind of key things we've seen is that employees feel more supported uh, by their colleagues. We so we we sent out kind of pulse notifications through the tool just to see uh, to gauge what that impact was, and there was a positive correlation between their feel their feelings of support uh, and the usage of Crescendo. Um, and then we look at the also employees have created an increased level of comfort for discussing topics related to DNI. So what I mean here, like what to give you one tangible example, uh, one of our clients they had uh, the, one of their product teams uh, was they 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 talked about a couple things before, but not not uh, super in depth. But then when Crescendo came in, they started to feel more comfortable discussing topics. And actually, the the subject of uh, abusability of their tool came up. So where people could potentially, it could be potentially used for something like malicious or, or stalking. But what they did is they realized that multiple people on the team had been thinking this, but not openly discussing it. 
Um, and so now after, after that, they had those discussions, they made changes to the product to make sure that it was more inclusive and it wasn't, uh, was less susceptible to these types of actions. Um, another, another change we've seen is that employees knowledge level related to DNI has increased. They've expanded, uh, the different subjects that they're, they've, they've learned about, uh, new, new areas within DNI that they've never been previously exposed to that they're now engaged with. Um, and then there's a lot of, really great team building that we've seen. So people have shared their really personal stories about inclusion and they're like first generation immigrants, people from the LGBTQ community. So they felt more comfortable to share and talk about their own experiences, which has brought their teams closer together and really helped build that trust, um, which is often sometimes not, you don't often see in workplaces where people are openly talking about these types of subjects. So um, it's really brought them closer together. In HR, we can't really do any initiative without talking about data and analytics and metrics and all that sort of thing. So what kind, what kind of uh, data and analytics can you provide and what can companies do with that? Yeah, so every every click within uh, within the tool, you get a data point on. And like I mentioned, you can segment that uh, by team, by department, et cetera. So you can see the kind of the learning journey of the employee over time. Uh, but then with this data, you now have, something that you can actually use a bit more than just like kind of once a year uh, survey, or even if you bring in pulse questions, that's still what people are telling you rather than their actions. And so uh, we see some companies build this into their OKRs, their KPIs. Um, and you also see something really interesting about the data that we're providing is that it dramatically increases the feedback loop with employees around DNI education. So currently, a lot of what I see is that they'll do one or two workshops a year, maybe even quarterly. Um, and then you get a like a survey afterwards say oh how, how did that go was did you find it effective a good use of your time uh, maybe they'll do a check-in 90 days later to see if people have enacted what they learned in that workshop but for the most part this is such a long feedback loop um, and it really it kind of slows things down for the dni or hr team that's trying to that's trying to put this out and so now with crescendo you've got the weekly data uh, around the engagement levels, what topics are resonating, what's not resonating, um, and you can actually funnel people to more of your in-person events. Uh, so that's a really interesting way that they've we've seen clients use the data that we're providing in Crescendo, um, and yeah, to really inform the rest of their their DNI education strategy, um, being more targeted uh, with the initiatives that you're launching instead of just doing kind of just, oh we'll do unconscious bias across the whole organization. Well. Now you actually have more insight into what content people want to see more of, uh, what things they want to talk about, and so on. It's such an important topic and, and very interesting topic. Um, and, and we are coming, unfortunately, coming to the end of our time for the podcast. If there's anything else that uh, maybe we didn't cover, any last points you'd like to, you know, to share with our listeners and also how our listeners can connect with you and learn more about Crescendo. Yeah, absolutely. So I think just really want to reiterate that uh, we're here to help. We're here to be a resource. Uh, we have that uh, diversity inclusion guide on our website. Uh, so you can check that out at crescendowork.com. Um, and if you are interested to learn more about uh, kind of how Crescendo actually works and see see a demo, also happy to talk. You can uh, book a call through the website. So uh, really appreciate you having me on the show and uh, excited to, to hear it go live. Yeah, thanks for being with us. And that is it for another episode of the HR Chat Show. Uh, once again, my guest has been Stefan Kallenberg of Crescendo. And again, I'm Tim Baker, your guest host. And as always, happy working. 
Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.